This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, November 11th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. Philosopher Douglas B. Rasmussen argues that society should be organized to protect the possibility of ethical behavior and that attempts to do more will actually compromise that basic goal. To him, that implies a government strictly limited in its aims and powers. Rasmussen is most recently the co-author of the book Norms of Liberty, a perfectionist basis for non-perfectionist politics. We spoke earlier today. When Americans talk about something being liberal, uh, they usually mean it in the political sense, and uh, it's far flung from the, our ideas about what is liberal when you're talking about it in the world of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that distinction? Yeah, well, when we talk about liberalism in philosophy, uh, we're talking in political philosophy, and we're making a, a distinction really between an ancient and a modern tradition. Uh, the ancient tradition in politics uh, viewed uh, the polis as the central thing by which human life would be done. And in that conception, the distinction between the state and society was blurred. It was conflated. And also, uh, the idea of the human good in that, that order was a very monistic one. So that view of politics led to the idea that statecraft is soulcraft, and that the purpose of the legislator and the state is to help people live worthwhile, wonderful lives, flourishing lives, etc. The modern tradition, however, uh, went far beyond that of the polis and talked about societies. And societies uh, were uh, very cosmopolitan, very open-ended, and also introduced the idea that the human good was much more pluralistic and not so monistic. And in that context, the liberal tradition developed. The liberal tradition developed in response to the ancient tradition, and the liberal tradition emphasized the idea that peace and liberty was the aim of the political order and the theorizing developed developed out of that but it was directly in response to the idea that uh, uh, that the aim of the uh, state is to uh, make us moral or institutionalize ethics that liberalism arose now regrettably what's happened uh, since then is that older tradition of liberalism has uh, worked its way out in such a way that we really have a liberalism now that is concerned with, again, making us moral or making us healthy or whatever uh, is a certain uh, leading view of morality. Uh, So that's what's happened. But if you talk about liberalism originally, it is this sort of position that says, no, liberty and peace, that's what the state is about, not legislating uh, morality for all of us. So you've also written that Uh, the state or society should be organized in such a way as to uh, maximize the possibility of ethical behavior. Well, the possibility of pursuing ethical behavior. All right. Because uh, you don't want to say that the state's there to provide conditions for flourishing or conditions for that, because that gets the state into providing everything that you could possibly need for the good life. Uh, The argument ends up emphasizing that instead, you have to understand that when you have a political legal order, you're looking for principles that are going to be universally applicable to everybody, and yet you've got to deal with the fact that human flourishing and the good life is very plural, very diverse, and a self-directed activity. And so what you need to do is find something that you can apply across the board that's not going to end up practicing moral cannibalism as a principle. And what that requires is that you end up protecting the possibility of self-direction in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in society. And that means that you leave people uh, the, the liberty to 
make choices to pursue their, their, their good life or not. But that's the prim primary focus. If you make the primary focus anything else, you're going to move back to that more ancient view. So would you say that ethics is essentially meaningless in a, where a state is essentially commanding and controlling people's behavior? The interesting question here is for a political legal order to be legitimate, there must be some connection to the ethical order. But the nature of that connection need not be direct or isomorphic or identical. And the whole interesting question in political philosophy is how do you go from the ethical to the political legal? And in my writings uh, and with, with Professor Denial, uh, what we work out is the, you have to work on finding a way to acknowledge universal principles and at the same time deal with the highly individualized pluralistic character of the good life. So you, you can't just go from human flourishing, this is good or bad for that, to a law, but to rather, how do I solve this sort of middle range problem? We call this problem the problem of integrated political diversity. Okay, and that's, that's, that's the question of having universal structural principles and yet acknowledging the individualized character of the good life. So is liberalism or libertarianism just a theory about the role of the state, or does it have a, a larger implication? Classical liberalism, liberalism, libertarianism are all forms of political philosophies. They're questions about what the political legal order should do. Okay, That's what they're about. The, uh, uh, liberalism is not a metaphysics, it's not a worldview, it's not an ethics, etc., etc., etc. There may be uh, all sorts of accounts of how liberalism uh, came up, the origins of liberalism, etc., etc. But the interesting question is how do you justify, how do you defend that? And there, there are all sorts of resources that one can appeal to. Uh, there's, a there's a social contract theory, there's a Kantian tra uh, tradition, the particular theory or approach that uh, I'm interested in is a neo-Aristotelian one. Not that I'm contending that Aristotle was a libertarian, indeed he was a part of the statecraft, his soulcraft point of view. But there are insights of, in a neo-Aristotelian view about the nature of the good life and the importance of self-direction that help us understand why the state can't be the, the legislator of morality. It's sort of an interesting thing. That's why in the book that Doug Denial and I published called Norms of Liberty, the subtitle is called uh, A Perfectionist Basis, meaning a highly moralistic view, a perfectionist basis for ethics for a non-perfectionist politics. You mentioned Aristotle and you've offered an Aristotelian defense of libertarianism in, in well, some, some regard? Well, it would be Aristotelian in the sense that uh, the account of the good life is sufficiently individuated and unique that you can't just generalize from what the good life is to laws for everybody. And so, but that account of the good life is Aristotelian, but it gives rise to the problem of integrated political diversity. How do we solve that? And that requires a solution that looks at self protecting the possibility of self-direction. And that, that's, that's what's interesting. There's, an there's a neo-Aristotelian basis for a problem that requires a classical liberal or libertarian solution. You're the editor this year of a volume of essays that honor Tibor McCann. That's correct. Why is that important? 
Well, Professor McCann uh, is responsible for a lot of contemporary uh, libertarian and classical liberal political philosophers. Uh, McCann uh, has been around for about 40 years, lecturing, writing, uh, defending liberty, uh, talking about the importance of moral objectivity, and uh, it's time that uh, Professor McCann be honored, and that's why I, I decided to, to put together a, a book of essays honoring him. If someone is brand new to political philosophy, where would you recommend that they start reading? Brand new, just starting, uh, I think Plato's Republic. Then uh, uh, I would think uh, John Locke's Second Treatise. Uh, if you want to look at uh, uh, looking at uh, libertarian or classical liberal things, Bastiat's The Law, um, uh, economics, we could talk about that. Um, I would also say that uh, uh, Ayn Rand's essay, Man's Rights, uh, or her essay, The Nature of Government, are, are, are very good places to start. Um, if you want to get a little bit more uh, sophisticated, Robert Nozick's Anarchy, State, and Utopia are worthwhile. Uh, it's a worthwhile book. Um, and uh, there, there, there's, in general, all, all sorts of things going on. Randy, Randy Barnett's The uh, Structure of Liberty is, is a worthwhile book uh, about these things. So, uh, you know, depending on what, what level you come in. Douglas B. Rasmussen is professor of philosophy at St. John's University in New York City. You can learn more about the philosophical foundations of libertarian thinking at our website, cato.org.